What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, study them, talk to friends about them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your journey toward heaven. If you have your own questions, comments, critiques, then we encourage you, we invite you to, to send them to us at www.assistionpress.com slash Josh. On today's show, we are once again joined by my good friend and co-worker in the vineyard, uh, Deacon Michael Parker. Check, Please check, say to one, Parker, yeah, if you don't see him in the church, he <laughs> ain't trying to hide. He blends in with the Lord. He's camouflaged. Mm, mm. Yeah, don't make me flow, man. I can't okay, flow right. so welcome back to the show, Deacon Michael Parker. Happy to be back, man. It's back the again. Parkers. Uh, Dude. Well, I just switched. Why do we do that? Well, I just switched it. Is that, it was, wait, no, no it's smart guy. Smart I just guy. Mi- I just mix smart guy with the Parkers. It's we're the Parkers. Da, 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 da. I don't da, know. Da, da, yeah, I don't know the words. Yeah. So on today's show, we're gonna be talking about how parents choose to educate their children. There are so many options that are available. There are public schools. There are private schools. There are Catholic schools. There's home schools. There are hybrid schools, and um, all of the above could be good for, your, for for families. It's what's best for that family. And so that's the conversation today. But before we get into that conversation with each other, before we dialogue about school of choice, uh, I want to share with you, Michael, a glory story. So, glory stories is I grew up going to public school my whole life. I, um, yeah, I, the first time I went to Catholic school was in seminary. Uh, St. Joseph's Seminary College was my first experience ever of being in a Catholic school environment. So, I didn't know anything about Catholic schools. In, in summer assignments as a seminarian, school wasn't in session. And so, again, I, I wasn't involved in any kind of Catholic education. When I was a deacon, I was at a parish that did not have a school. Uh, so again, had no experience of Catholic education. And then as a priest, my first year, I was at LSU as a campus minister. So I have no experience of Catholic education until my second year as a priest, I was assigned to St. Aloysius. And oh man, I just loved it. I love the parish so much. And after I left that parish to become pastor of Holy Rosary before I came here to Sacred Heart, I remember like one thing I was drawn to a lot about Aloysius was the fact that I had a school. And the kids just brought me so much joy. I love, love, love serving the kids. And so now I'm pastor here at Sacred Heart of Jesus, the best Catholic school in the diocese of Baton Rouge. Let's go. Um, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. And again, the students bring me so much joy. But one of the, the, the gifts of being here at the school with these students and their, and their families and our faculty and staff is we also have nuns here. The Mercedarian Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. Mother Mary Rosario Vega is our president. And uh, the other sisters, they, they come and they do... Uh, what was it last week we were doing adoration adoration with the students all day and praise and worship Mm -hmm. and they had prayer teams and it's just so beautiful and so it's so beautiful for our kids to be exposed to the presence of of brides of christ but a gift that as a vocation director i'm seeing is already our students are talking about discerning vocations to priesthood and religious life i a, a young a girl in my school wrote a letter recently uh to santa about wanting to become a nun. Come on, and she man. said, Dear Santa, I think I might be called to be a, a Mercedarian sister. And she's in the fourth wow. grade. 
And so that when I when I got that letter, I was like, oh, my goodness, what a gift, like what a privilege it is to, to be able to form students. When a, a few of our guys are talking to me about being, being priests, my altar servers and other other just students who on campus walk up to me and say, Father Josh, like, what do I got to do to be a priest? Th- those things just aren't normal conversations that you get to have with kids um, who aren't uh, surrounded by priests and seminarians and deacons and, and sisters. And so the glory story is, yeah, it's just it's a gift to be proximate to our students and for our students to be proximate to joyful religious sisters, seminarians, deacons, and priests, uh, because statistics show that Catholic schools are a seedbed for vocations. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just are. And, and, and it's because of the proximity that these kids have to the presence of clergy and religious. Amen. So... Glory story is I'm super happy to be pastor here at Sacred Heart. Love my kids, love the families, love the school, and I'm so grateful for our nuns because they're showing these, these young ladies that there is another option for them in their walk toward heaven. And with that, let's jump into today's show. And we are back. So Deacon Michael, uh, how parents choose to educate, they churn. Oh, so yeah, you are man. a parent. Yes, I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I think your kids have been both already in public school and That's Catholic right. school now. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us from your perspective, like what are some things that go into making a, a choice? Is there a better choice? Uh, how, do, how does one decide? So yeah, like even um, just thinking about whenever we started the process of thinking about school. And I think like the ideal uh, age of them going into school is, I want to say maybe about four years old. And I know the parish that, well, the county where, where we're living at right now, they have a very, uh, very well-known and also very accomplished uh, curriculum and also the fact that there are like a schools around the area. So I thought about that as far as like, okay, with development-wise that, Maybe what we need to do is make sure that they are in the public school system out in that area. But I'll always say, like, one of the things that's uh, what was a big, like, uh, wonder for me was that I know for a fact that I am a product of Catholic school education. So I've been in Catholic school from daycare through high school and even in college as well. Like, if you're including the fact outside of LSU of me going there, I went to Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University. Uh, yes, you've been Catholic the, school all your yes, life. Yes, all my life, man. And the thing is about it that I was really, uh, that I really was contemplating, especially as my daughters were going to public school, is that they're missing out on the, uh, on the fact that they are being, learning about the church and praying every day because that's something that unfortunately i mean it's being taken out of the schools around the country now, right now. now for <clears throat> so i'm a public school kid right okay. and so mm-hmm. um it is the responsibility of the parents to be Correct. the domestic church so mm-hmm. the primary formators even if your kids go to a catholic school right isn't the school Correct. it's mom and dad are supposed to be forming the kids in the home that's right on relationship with god on the church's teachings and be witnesses to the gospel at home exactly exactly so no and that's that's ideally it's First, but that's where they're going to learn their foundation of the faith is from their parents, from their home. And it's just, I, and of course, my daughters, they had 
thanks be to God, a good foundation at home. And we knew about prayer. We stayed in church and they were able to even go to school. My uh, my daughter was very proud about wearing her necklace that she had with St. Michael uh, at the uh, public schools and everything. And also even to tell some students about it, too. But the thing is that what she would she would kind of often deal with is the fact that she would see like certain videos, movies and things like that with kids in Catholic school. And she would wish that she was able to go to mass mm. uh, during school. She wished that they were even though it's scarce, but thankfully at Sacred Heart is here that she would see religious. She would see sisters and things around um, the school area. So that's always been something to make me realize, OK, maybe I need to consider for a fact that. I can move them to the Catholic school education. That requires sacrifice that. because Catholic schools Absolutely. are not free. No, they're not free. They're not free. And that's that's the things that you have to deal with, especially as like as the parents making that decision. Because as we were starting up, especially at the beginning of our, our marriage, you know, um, that's one thing as young adults, we're not technically establishing our careers just yet. So we're not technically at a high level position that's probably given us a certain amount of pay to where we could afford Catholic school or a private education. But the thing was that it was a constant discernment to see if this was something that we were going to be able to do, but also to realize that our first primary goal and focus was to make sure that we laid that foundation at home. So. I mean, as far as like the choice for whenever the opportunity did present itself for my uh, children to go, and thanks be to God, it it happened by the fact that my wife started teaching in Catholic school. That was um, a huge point for uh, us to go ahead and say, okay, now we can start making that decision to do so. But the idea is like, why take them out of public school to put them in private school? The mindset for me uh, personally was to make sure that I understand that or that I knew that they would encounter the Lord, they would encounter our church and be taught well all throughout the day, not just at home. So it's like almost double time yeah, <laughs> for yeah. it. And so, the, so the school would reinforce exactly what, I'm, what, what you're already at home. doing. So exactly. as parents discern, just a discernment piece is, is all right, mm-hmm. for our family, um, A, can we even afford right. Catholic school mm-hmm. if, if that's the option or our private school? Right. If we can't, if, if public school is, is, is our option, mm-hmm. then what are we going to do to make sure that our child is going to be formed in the faith that's and, where, and to be right. a witness of the faith in that environment. Right. And so there's, it's a little bit more work that we have to do, but exactly. the reality is, is a lot of families don't have the financial means to send their kids to prep to Catholic school Correct. or to homeschool. Mm-hmm. So homeschool is another option right. or, or there's also the hybrid schools where you go to school maybe four hours a day and then the parents are able to form the kids the rest of the day. So the kids are with the parents more than they're with the the kids with the school, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's all these are options can be good. There's no bad option, right? right? So um, I know there's some sketchy Catholic schools sure. that are <laughs> unorthodox right. and that don't teach the faith, and so it's like that, I wouldn't always like look at those schools, um, even if they are the only option of Catholic school. Um, but but we have to like look at all the above and say like so. There's no kind of NFP, right? Or there, there's no <laughs> one right way to do NFP. Exactly. But whenever you do NFP, you're like, well, I do Creighton, so Creighton's right. the best way. And, and then your neighbor's like, well, I do symptothermal method, or I do, and everybody tries to like fight for their way, right? Um, or spirituality is like, I'm Carmelite, like, well, I'm Benedictine. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're all good, they're all fine. <laughs> but what is best? For your family is what the discernment is. It's like what's best for us to to become saints, to form saints. How is the Mm -hmm. Lord calling us as a family? Is he calling us to homeschool for a while and then do public school? Or is he calling us to Catholic school for a while and then, you know, do homeschool or Catholic school or private school or or whatever it is? Like there's always there's there's typically not when we discern these things, just 
a one way exactly. that works for everybody right. and for even for your family different kids in your household might need different things some of your Catholic schools might not be able to provide what a public school can provide right. with regards to resources. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you're able to do homeschool and that's what's best for your family. Sometimes it's best to do it for a season. Right? Exactly. So I, I know some families that they homeschool up until middle school and then after that high school, their kids go to the, whether it's the Catholic school or the right. private school or the public school, whatever's you know, best. No, I definitely agree on that. Cause uh, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And, and just as, as you were saying too, I mean, it, there are students that come out of the Catholic schools and their faith is not, you know, intact. So it's yeah, one of the some schools are right. dangerous. Exactly. I mean, and exactly. I tell, as, as a pastor, I tell people, I'm like, yes, this school, they might form a great leader. Right. They might be a very successful person in the sense of the world. Right. They might be able to network with a lot of business people in the future. But statistics show that this school does not produce any vocations. Mm-hmm. And this school produces a lot of atheists. Right. right. And so... Uh, just be aware. Like, so if you send your kids to that school, mm-hmm. then what are you going to be doing to reinforce the faith, to double down on the faith? Exactly. Uh, because uh, it it ain't doing its job. Right. Exactly. So not, and that's that's a big part of it. So I mean, with me discerning that, I, I will kind of look and see exactly like the alumni that comes from these uh, schools, and to see like where they're going, the things that they're doing. Because typically, what the good thing is about the schools that. Uh, I've been researching is that they kind of have a good hold on what the alumni is doing. So they'll see, like, if they've uh, advanced in, I mean, you could say academia in, like, high school or even in college and things of that nature, but also career-wise. And they celebrate the fact whenever they're living out the vocational call. So mm-hmm. I know, like, um, the high school that I graduated from is uh, St. Michael. And I love the fact that you will see that um, if someone gets married, they honor that. They oh, love awesome. they love for the fact that when some of these students who are going into the religious Life, they celebrate that. You'll see the newsletters, uh, priesthood. Even me, when I became ordained, they were very happy about that, and they made sure they advocated like he's a graduate of the school. So, just to kind of see the product of what happens too after that. But I'll say this too: I, I've constantly see that some things that parents do too is that they look at the extracurricular activities oh, of yeah. the school, and which that's great, right? That's um, a good way for your child to like have- um, Develop as a human. Exactly, de- a human formation, that's it right there. The only thing that I kind of worry about too is with that is that do you go primarily just for like, let's say for instance, um, with the motivation of, I want my child to go to the school because they might have a, like, a career to go to the NFL. And sometimes I think that could be a little, you know, diluted and you just have to watch that because the primary thing is like you you still if their primarily focus is just the sport and then there's no formation in the process of their spiritual life and all that, I think we're missing the ship mm-hmm. there. So But our schools should provide those extra curricular activities because oh, yes. is they are number one, they're good mm-hmm. for yeah. for the kids. But number two, they would draw people to your school who again might be Catholic, they might be sacramentalized, but they have never been evangelized. Exactly. Or they might not even be Catholic, and they might be drawn to the school because of um, because of the, the sports program or because of the art program or the extra language program. And in that process of them coming to the school for those reasons, we have an opportunity now mm-hmm. as a Catholic school to evangelize them and to, and to sacramentalize them. Mm-hmm. So that's been one of my great joys as being a pastor of, of a Catholic school is – a lot of the students who aren't Catholic, by their own volition, desire to become Catholic and ask right. their parents so they can be received into the church. Mm-hmm. And then when the kids come into the church, the parents bring them to church, and mm-hmm. then the parents come into the church later. And so we have already baptized and confirmed so many 
of our Protestant brothers and sisters oh, God, into man. the Catholic Church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of their students, yes. because of our students, our kids. And mm-hmm. so it's another one of the great gifts of Catholic education was always meant to, mm-hmm. always has, as, as its goal was to evangelize. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be available to all people to come to our schools uh, so that we can even, and if you're homeschooling, then be a part of a homeschool community right. where again, you can evangelize exactly. and you can share the joy of the gospel because that, that call to be an evangelist is a universal call to all Catholics. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not just priests, not just sisters, not just deacons. No, not at all. Everybody is called, including your students. Mary appeared to kids. The Blessed Mother appeared to Fatima children. She appeared to Bernadette when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. She appeared to children in Cabejo. Like she appears to kids and then gives kids the task to share the gospel. And so sharing the gospel is, again, not something just for adults. So we need to make sure that whatever environment we are in and we are choosing to place our kids in for that season of their lives, that, that we're doing the work of equipping them with the tools to not only know Jesus, but to share Jesus right. as Absolutely. well. Amen. Yeah. I also find, in my experience as a pastor of a school, sometimes a lot of parents will choose based off of who the other parents are. That's true. And so and it's important to look at community. Like community mm-hmm. is important. And so... Um, whether it's a homeschool community or if you have a public school environment, you've got to find a community of who is going to be uh, your people right. that you're going to trust to allow your kids to stay the night at their homes if they do spend night at people's homes. That's Me, right. if I was a parent, if I wasn't married, <laughs> I wouldn't do sleepovers. I don't trust nobody. I'm like, nah, 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 you're good. You, you, no, you, you're good. You no, we ain't doing right. it. Exactly. I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to find out who the community would be. And so a lot of people will pick like our school because they say, well, I see the parents that are going there, right. and those are the kind of people that I also want to be friends with, and I, I, I trust them with my kids. And so to look at the homeschool environment, if there's a homeschool co-op, to look at the public school environment, the private school, the Catholic school, mm-hmm. the hybrid school, right. look at the community of people because your kids would be around those kids and their families for the next few years of their lives, right. as will you. And so you got to be be sure who am I allowing my kids to be around? No, that's um, and that's huge, man. Because I think about it, uh, one of the good things about like being in that that group setting or like having these parents that you know about and that you you're in conversation with, it, I mean, it takes a village, mm-hmm. right? It takes it a does. village for that. And and what I notice is that even now I'm so happy like with with us coming here, the invitations are already being rolled out of like. Uh, for my daughters, it's like okay. Well, as they're coming here, let them get to know the the families of these uh, classrooms because what has happened is that it we're did growing. one of the moms like already invite your oh, mom and your daughters around, and, and that's it. Just it shocked me so much because I was like, wow, that's an open invitation, but it makes sense because again, we're doing this together. Like we're joining this community to like lead our kids to this next stage of life yeah. for them and for us to walk side by side as parents and again to be that village for them that just uh that gives me a lot of confidence and knowing like that's just a great to be a part of i mean it's just awesome and i, I love it so we need more <laughs> we need more so <laughs> there isn't essentially mm-hmm. there isn't one way like you look at your finances right. You look at the faith, you mm-hmm. look at your circumstances as a couple, what's best for your kid, right. what's best for their needs. They might have different needs that other siblings might not even have. So mm-hmm. you look at all the season of life you're in, I think, mm-hmm. and then you make the decision that's best for your family. I, I don't think that there's a wrong decision no, um, really. no. unless you know like that this school is dangerous and there are other options that exactly. might require more sacrifice. It right. might require sacrifice that is uncomfortable. And so you, we have to empty ourselves, right? Exactly. We have to empty ourselves. So am I emptying myself? Am I sacrificing for the good of my spouse, my kids, my family, my community? If I can say yes to all these things, then we make the choice that's best for us in that season of our lives, which changes depending on the season of our 
of our lives. Wow. So with that, we're going to take a break, and we're going to have our saint for the day when we come back. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jeff Cavins, and I'm excited to introduce you to the Ascension app. It contains the full text of the Great Adventure Bible, the full text of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and both the Bible and Catechism in a Year podcasts. The app has special features that make the connections between the Bible and the Catechism crystal clear, like color-coded cross-links and easy navigation. It also answers nearly 1,000 questions from Bible in a Year listeners about the Bible with videos from myself and others, also audio clips and excerpts from Ascension's popular books. To download the app, simply go to the App Store on your phone and search Ascension. I hope you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Carry it around everywhere I go. And we are back again. You can hit me up with your own questions, comments, critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And so, Deacon Michael, today we have a saint of the day that, because of this particular future saint, mm-hmm. you were able to be formed in a Catholic school. Absolutely. That's right. So, the saint, we're well, soon to be saint, that we're talking about is Mother Henriette de Lille. And this is, uh, she was born in the early 19th century. And her great grandmother was uh, brought from Africa as a slave. And um, at just in that point in time, whenever, because of the complexion of how she was born, she was. Um, Actually, what they would consider to be, um, I, w- I don't know what the phrase would be for what they would be called in the well, She was in the placate system. In the placate so system, right. she was a free woman of exactly. color. So, um, right, yeah. with her being free and everything, but um, she always knew the injustice of what was going on and always had a zeal to make sure that she taught the Catholic faith. So what she did was that even though that she realized that there was a many injustice to the fact that uh, students of color were not receiving uh, teachings of the faith. She was dedicated to make sure that she did that, and also because of her complexion, when she she was denied uh, interest well, to because she yes yeah, she could pass for white, mm-hmm. but at that time the church the church had racist policies. Right. That's just a fact, and right. so. Uh, every order of nuns she tried to enter into to become a religious sister. So she, after confirmation, she felt called to be a religious sister. Uh, she, at one point, historically, was, she couldn't get married, but, but but she was set up with a white man mm-hmm. who she had two kids with. Both of her kids died. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, she uh, received confirmation, felt God called to be a religious sister, and applied to be with the Ursulines, yep. and they said, no, you're, you have black blood. Right. And then she applied to be with the Carmelites. Carmelites. They said, no, mm-hmm. you have black blood. And so she kept being denied. So then she began to do the work of a religious sister with another, uh, with a white woman, and they tried to found uh, a religious order, interracial religious order. And the bishop said, no, uh, blacks and whites can't be together. Right. And so then she continued to do the work as just a free woman of color uh, and baptized people and she catechized people and she evangelized and she taught and she took care of the elderly and fed the poor. And finally, after mm-hmm. years of, of doing the work, uh, she was given permission to found a religious order, which became the, the second order of African-American women in the United States of America, mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Family Sisters. Yes. Uh, yes. But because she was a woman of color and it was a, a black Catholic community, the archbishop said, y'all can't wear a habit right, because it will mm-hmm. make the um, other nuns mad to see y'all looking like like real nuns, nuns Exactly, right. And so she died not being able to wear the habit. After her death, 
her sisters were able to wear the habit. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had to, she went through the struggle with us, but she founded um, many Catholic schools. That's right. Um, and one of the schools that her sisters, the Holy Family sisters, founded here in Baton Rouge is the school that educated you. Right. It's the St. Francis Xavier. So, I mean, that's... It's, it's the very first, first Catholic school in the United States. That's well. right. And, I mean, it was just something because, you know, growing up and seeing uh, Mother Henriette DeLille's picture in the hallways and everything and just thinking about that, she was the start of this order that uh, gave so much to that community. And it was a very, very much of a disciplinary um, community, but with the foundation of teaching about the faith, of learning about the faith, and also um, our heritage of the African-American community. So it was just the upbringing that I got from that, the intellect, the uh, mindset, um, I, I can credit a lot of many of the things that I have today because of that school. So, Would you attribute your vocation to oh, the absolutely. presence of the sisters as well? Absolutely. So like even, now I still remember the sisters. I remember asking about uh <laughs> Some of them, and of course, at the time they they were um, a little older in age, and I remember asking a, a, a sister about them, and they've passed away. But um, I still remember Sister Marie George, Sister Margaret Mary. Um, these were people who they taught the faith, and they were very kind and some and very strict as well. But also just knowing that with them and the respect and the mindset of like our uh, our Catholic faith. Oh, absolutely, they were a big part of my uh, vocation. That's what who That's I am awesome. today. Well, so, praise God. Venerable Henriette DeLille. Pray for us. Until next time, do see.